Come on, come all to the haunted theater. Oh. Come on, you. Oh, jeez. You there. Oh, oh no. Me, with, the me? Shy, with the shiny head. Come here, come oh. here. <laughs> hey, sir. Hey, do you, would you like to, uh... Experience f frights in 4D. Well, no, no sir. I, I just, I'm actually here. Uh, I'm looking for my uh, sister. I seem to. <laughs> you know, I heard your sister went right inside to the haunted theater. Oh, jeez. Only five cents for a show. Double feature this week. Are you tricking me, sir? No, 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 no. Are you lying to me? I'm underage. I would never lie to you, sir. Okay. <laughs> That's not vaguely threatening. Come on in, five cents. You, come okay, on I, in, come I, I, I'm on I'm looking in. for my sister come just a little on. bit more. Okay, come okay, all right, he's pulling on. me. Is that guy dead? <laughs> he's barely sleeping. Part of the furniture. All right. Now, go on there to that... Do you see that chair right there? Y yeah. Uh, that one in the very front. You see it? You mean the only chair? Yes, yes. Yeah. That's where uh, you're going to sit right there. Uh, you know what? I said five cents. On the house. On the house. <laughs> this gets sketchier by the second, sir. All right. Uh, you said my sister came in and there's one chair. Yeah. Where's my sister? Oh, yeah. Her. Uh, don't worry. She's part of the show. Part of the show. <laughs> <laughs> Did you turn my sister into furniture? All right, uh, have a good one. Okay. Tretton walks to the seat. <laughs> clip, clop, clip, clop. I have four serves. <laughs> the spotlight opens. I'm al I'm already changing. Just being in this circus. Everybody showing up. Trenton raises Ooh. his teary-eyed face in astonishment. Uh, hi, uh, my name's Garrett. Um, is this a, a normal-looking man? Trenton thinks. Uh, yeah, it's it's just you know as normal as it can be. Hi, um, welcome to. I'll give you an hour. Uh, a, a show where uh, uh, I, I will tell someone. Uh, you, you, what's your name? Eyes wide open. Trenton suddenly remembers his past life. His past life as a podcaster. He realizes he's forgotten. This whole time, he was but a merest shard of the godlike existence that was his main body. And now, this shard is being reabsorbed. Garrett! Hey, Trent! What's up, brother? Hey, well, hey, well, ready for another episode of the podcast? Freak yeah, I am. Oh, all right. So, um, you know, I didn't tell you uh, before we started, uh, but I I'm doing uh, two topics in one episode. Double feature. Really? Yeah, isn't that crazy? Wow. So, uh, should I go ahead and get started, or do you have a place to be? Double feature, that sounds fun. Um, I'm going fishing in a couple of hours. <laughs> you know, I thought you were going to do something like, I swear there was some place I had to be. A sister? Oh, 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 wait, I got you. <laughs> I swear there was some place I had to be. A, a sister? Tell you what, I'll I'm just... going fishing in a couple hours, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I'll give you an hour. You, you I can't it. give you much more than that travel time, you know. All right, okay. First off, we're going to start. So double features are all well and good. I hope you can fit them into an hour. Oh, uh, okay. First, first off, I'll, I'll, what I'm going to do is I'm going to have two timers. Each of them are going to be 30 minutes. Okay. So after one topic is over, I stop that topic and go right to the next one. Okay. And don't worry, it's still Halloween related. 
This is a perfectly spooky atmosphere. We're doing this in the middle of the day, so that's yeah. not so spooky. Yeah. But uh, we're doing it in my bedroom, which is terrifying. Yeah, and I smelled <laughs> Garrett's feces behind me because we're right next to the toilet, and he just took a deuce. Yes, I did. All right. Uh, so I just smelled despair. Thirty <laughs> minutes know? starting up. Three, two, one. The first topic we're going to have on this double feature episode. Excellent. Eh? Little Shop of Horrors is what we're going to talk about. Well, okay, that's yeah. a. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that makes sense. Trenton knows this a lot. Um, but, uh, I was recently in a play, uh, and that play was Little Shop of Horrors. And then recently, he means, like, like, less than a week ago. Less than a week ago is when it happened. Um, and, uh, I was like, you know what? That's a perfect topic for a Halloween-based episode, but I don't know if I want to spend, like, a whole hour, because Tritton, right, right. Tritton has, like, seen this in action. He's known I've been going to these play rehearsals. Right, right. I don't want to spend a whole hour. And I just got, like, buku irons in the fire, you know? I just got <laughs> a lot of time to spare. Um, so, let me tell you about the story. Have you ever seen the movie Little Shop of Horrors? No. no really? No. Oh, that's Listen, that's I've great. said it before. I'm yeah. not a horror guy. I yeah. scare easily. I have a vivid imagination. I, the first time I saw a picture of Jeff the Killer, I saw him in every darkened corner of mm-hmm. my room for like three months. Okay? And it was <laughs> tough going to sleep. It was t- Listen, I'm easily... I don't like it. Well... I could feel his breath on my neck. My, it, my imagination is vivid, okay? Well, it's scary. If I it makes scared. you feel better, uh, Little Shop of Horrors is like half horror-based and half comedy-based. Okay. Little Shop of Horrors is actually based off of it, uh, an older film that was an actual like B movie horror movie mm. by the same name. It was actually one of Jack Nicholson's first role was really? the original Little Shop of Horrors. Wow. And I don't really know much about that. I just know that um, I just know that it is about pretty much the same thing, where it's about killer plants coming to life. And eating people and taking over the world. Oh, is that the is that the feed me Seymour? Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. That wasn't from that one. It, this is about the remake, which is a lot more famous. Ah, um, so the remake movie oh. See, that wouldn't scare me, really. I, no, I, I and I don't get scared like Mike Myers garbage. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even get you know I don't get scared from Scream. You know why? Because they're yeah. freaking humans, and I'd punch yeah. them in their stupid little face. But this is plant. I'd freaking I'd choke them out. I'd choke their little human necks until they stopped trying to stab me with a knife. Uh, I'll tell I you s- what's scary. What? Freaking ghosts, like demons, mm-hmm. things that stalk you inexorably yeah. that you can't stop. Or being possessed is pretty scary. Complete loss of control. You know what I can control? Another freaking human. A roundhouse kick his head off. <laughs> just shoot him. Yeah, just shoot well, well, <laughs> Just <what>? use a <laughs> gun for it. <laughs> Awesome, but but you know there's some there's some horror people like you know Jason. You can't just shoot him. Mm, I'm not that scared of him either. He walks slow. He does walk slow, but he he can destroy. Oh yeah. Um, and but no, I wouldn't I, want to frick with. I him, think Freddy Krueger is actually the scariest one. Even, Freddy Krueger is scary, even though his like series is more comedy based too. The fact that you can't go to sleep and that's something that is like, you know, driven into your head. Like you have to sleep. Yeah, that's scary. Yeah. Definitely. It's like... And the idea of dying in your sleep, like, violently. Yeah. Like, getting thrown through the air and, like, cut up just while you're sleeping. That's scary. Anything anything that's, like, based about around, like, a like a, an action that we are going to have to do anyway. Like, Stephen King, have you ever heard of a story called Thinner? No. Thinner was about, like, a fat man. And, like, 
he just kept like he like kept getting thinner and thinner and thinner until he like withered away. Pretty much anything he ate made him smaller. Um, until there would be like nothing left. Like he was like a husk. Well, that's scary. What do you yeah. just not eat? Yeah, I didn't finish the books. I, I, I didn't, I didn't finish the book, so I don't know what happened. But uh, that's a terrible curse. But I got to that part, which was uh, that's just a, that's just that's literally just being cursed with death, but like over time, you know. What yeah, I mean? you're gonna get there. Either you don't eat, and you get there, or you do eat, and you still get there. So congratulations. <laughs> um, but um, what I'm talking about is not the original like. A black and white film. I'm talking about the 1986 remake, Little Shop of Horrors. Um, now, this star- movie uh, stars Rick Moranis. You know. <laughs> yes. Rick Moranis. Rick Moranis is the main character. I love that guy. He plays Seymour. I love that guy. Who works at Mushnick Skid Row Florists. Mushnick Skid Row Florists. Yes. You should have known something was wrong with that name. Uh, he was an orphan. And uh, he was brought up when he got out of the orphanage. He was taken by Mushnick to work in his flower shop for next to nothing. One of the lines in the play was, He's not so bad. He gave me stuff to eat like meatloaf and water and every other Sunday off. (laughs) Gave me a nice warm place to sleep under the counter. (laughs) That's a good boss. (laughs) I can so see Rick Moranis saying that. Um, Rick Moranis in the um, in the movie he lives he like lives downstairs of the of the place because he has nowhere else to be he's homeless. Yeah. Um, Mushnick is like this big business type, but like like the store is doing terrible. It's on Skid Row. Yeah, no he, one has money. He's a great businessman. <laughs> Loser. <laughs> um, he's like a more posh Mister Krabs. If I was going to talk about Mushnick. Okay. And then the other person who works at the store is Audrey. Audrey in the movie, she talks like this. Oh, hi, Seymour. Oh, you're looking, you're looking very uh, good in your big rimmed glasses, Seymour. I like, I like the name Audrey on a woman. Oh, it's it's a great name. It's a good name. Yeah. Um, Audrey is is dating a um, is is dating this uh, person who is a, a dentist. That's what I played in the play. Uh, the dentist is someone who like beats up on Audrey, like he per- he's like he's like a clown. He is a guy who is an Elvis impersonator. This whole show, by the way, takes place in the fifties. Um, like it's an it's like supposed to be like a, a time piece. So he's like a greaser with his big leather jacket and motorcycle. He loves uh, he listens to Elvis and stuff. He has a big pompadour. And he loves beating up on his girlfriend. Uh, and he gets Ooh. a he gets a sexual thrill out of hurting people. Mm. And, <laughs> Don't we all? Am I right? <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> oh, and, crap. and that's why he became a dentist, so he could he could do that. He can beat the people up, mm. and and he can torture them, and he gets he gets a thrill out of it. Mm. Um, well, I guess. You get paid for it too. That's yeah, a pretty, yeah. pretty good gig. He was a smart cat. So those are our main characters. There are also three other characters that are almost supernatural, and those are the urchins. Um, and they're like similar to the the uh, muses of of uh, Hercules. Hercules yeah. yeah. So zero to hero. The urchins are three homeless women, but throughout the play, they pretty much know the entire story. And they're kind of like trying to make things go exactly how they're supposed to go, and they'll talk directly to the audience. Are they uh, not just like the freaking 
the three the three what are they called three sisters in like Greek mythology the ones that have to like you know they cut the strings of fate it's kind of like that where they, like somehow they know they know exactly what's going to happen hey, there's three of them yeah there, there's three of them and they are they have beautiful voices but they're Very also in the story like sometimes they could be interacted with sometimes they don't get interacted with so they're kind of like mystical beings that are kind of like doing this somehow hmm. um but the plot is this, the flower shop's going under. There's no customers. Um, and uh, Seymour, uh, what his hobby is, he has a huge hobby of of trying to find weird and strange plants right. at flower shops to hopefully sell at the flower shop. Sure. And out of nowhere, during an eclipse of the sun, while he was buying uh, flowers, a new plant just appeared in this in this sidewalk flower shop. Mm. And the person said, uh, um, I'll sell it to you for $1.95. And he said, okay. He bought it. And it's a weird, strange little guy. Um, uh, jump jump cut. They put it in the in the window. Someone instantly buys $100 worth of roses. Um, they're like, that's an amazing plant. Since I'm here, I'll take $100 of red American beauty roses. And they're like, oh my god, uh, there you go! There you, yeah, there you go. Uh, later, the plant starts to wilt, and Mushnik tells Seymour, hey, you need to fix this plant. And that's when Seymour realizes that uh, it eats blood. blood. It's, yeah, it's blood. He, it. And he uses his own blood to make it bigger. Throughout the play, um, it slowly gets bigger and bigger. Until the point it gets ginormous, it fills up an entire room, mm. um, and that and Seymour starts gets more successful. He gets interviews on the radio station because his plant's so amazing and huge and crazy. And it's at this moment where the plant starts to talk, and Seymour is freaking out, like what, what, what? And not only is he talking, he says, "I want to eat somebody. Find me someone to eat." Um, and this is great dentist on fourth street you know <laughs> and that's the whole song like feed me that song is all about convincing seymour to kill the dentist because the dentist is awful anyway and and uh so he's like okay yeah fine seymour does not want to do this of course and he's like no 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 but he's like i have to do this to save audrey right this is what audrey too looks like in the movie it's, is that what he called it, Audrey 2? Oh, yeah, that's right. The plant's name is Audrey 2. He named it after Audrey. Um, and she, you would think she would be like, oh, that's kind of weird, but... Uh, Where's Audrey? Let me see her. And this is what it looks like when it's small. Aw. Uh, let me show you Audrey. It's a Maxwell House freaking <laughs> coffee. <laughs> yeah. Let me show you Audrey. Audrey... This is important for me. We'll show the horrors. That's what she looks like. She she like she looks fine for a fifties woman, right? Oh yeah, that woman is made for Rick Moranis. <laughs> um, so jump cuts. The dentist accidentally kills himself. Um, the dentist, what he does is he likes to, um put on this uh, gas mask so he can inhale nitrous oxide to get high 
while he works on your mouth, while you do not get any Novocaine or anything like that. Um, this is actually going to be his undoing because the mask gets stuck, and he asks Seymour to help, but instead Seymour just sits in the chair and watches him die in front of him. Seymour's um, hardcore. Yeah. And, but he's not a good killer. Um, what he does is he leaves, like, his Mushnick Skid Row florist bag inside the dentist's office, and the police see that. They hey, see, he didn't kill anybody. They see his uh, baseball cap, yeah. and they're like, that's his, that's his. And he does bring the body to the flower shop, cuts it up with a hatchet, and feeds it to the plant, and then he just dumps, the, like, all of his stuff in the in the trash, and then runs away. Oh, the plant likes nitrous oxide. <laughs> So, it's, like wor- it's like Worcestershire for plants. It's been a while since I've seen the movie, um, so I might be getting this mixed up with the play version or not. Yeah. But after this happens, the plant gets ginormous. It gets even bigger than it was. Sure. And th- now that he's got more money, he uh, Seymour went, like was like, I wish I was as cool as your ex-boyfriend. So he decides to get himself a leather jacket and show Audrey. Um, and Audrey like starts immediately crying and she's like, Oh no, no, no. And she starts crying. He's like, I'll, I'll, I'll take it off. I'll, I'll burn it. What, what do you want, Audrey? What do you want? Let me know what I can get you. And she's like, I'm not upset about Oren's disappearance. Secretly. I wished it. And she blames herself for his death because every single night before bed, she would pray he would die. Oh, the um, dentist? Yeah, the dentist. Oh, the dentist was her boyfriend? Yeah, the dentist was her boyfriend. Oh, you missed that part. Oh, I thought I said that. I don't, well, I don't I know. It. Well, we'll find out. The tape will tell. <laughs> and I will be vindicated. Um, and uh, But then she realized that she's always been in love with Seymour. Um, and she's finally told Seymour this. And they start making out at the end of this big, long musical number. Mm. And then that's when Mushnik finds out. Now, one of the things with Mushnik, he sees that Seymour is kissing Audrey. And then, while he was in, you know, the office, he noticed little red dots all over the floor. And he could see, like, all of these little dots. And he heard that Oren died. And then he found out from the police that there was a Mushnik Skid Row floors bag in the office, and there was a hat. And now he's realizing, Seymour killed the dentist. And he is like... No, 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 no. And so he's going to take him to the police office to to talk. And Seymour is convinced by Audrey too, who is singing like a number called Supper Time. And that leads to Mushnik being fed to the plan. But and was a douche anyway. Seymour does not do it. Audrey he just allows the plant to eat him. So Seymour like does not have the heart. To do it himself. Yeah. But the plan is like manipulating him to getting him what he wants. That bystander effect is hardcore, man. Um, then um, Seymour takes over the flower shop, gets all of Mushnik's money. Because beforehand, Mushnik said, you know what? I'm going to adopt you, Seymour, because you're just being so successful. And they changed the flower shop to not Mushnik Skid Row Florist into Mushnik and Son. Now Seymour has oh. all the money... All the power. He's going to be on Time Magazine. He's going to have his own TV show. And he's like super guilty. Because he, he knows eventually he'll have to feed this plant another person. 
Um, and this is where the movie and the play differ. Um, the original ending for Little Shop of Horrors, um, the plants win. In the in when they showed that to test audiences, everyone hated that. So they gave it a happy ending at the end of Little Shop of Horrors, um, which is completely different. In the okay. in the play version, which I'm going to just finish up by talking to this, Audrey is mistaken. Audrey accidentally gets uh, tricked by the plant. The plant reveals that it can talk and said, Come on, I need a drink. I'm thirsty, honey. And uh, she's like, Okay, I'll get the can. And starts watering the plant. And the freaking eats And tries to eat her. uh, She has too many, like, um, injuries from it. She's going to die. And she said, Feed me to the plant. And he's like, What? Because, like... The plant told me that you killed all those people, but I don't care, Seymour. I love you. And if this plant's going to make you successful, feed me to it. Because I'll become part of the plant. And I will be together forever. And then uh, he feeds Audrey t- to uh, her. And then he realized the plant the plant said his like, thing, I want world conquest. I want to spread throughout the world. And Seymour's like, no! I gotta stop you! And he tries to kill the plant, but he fails. And Seymour gets eaten by the plant. And then it's revealed by the urchins at the end of the play that this exact same story was not just happening to Seymour. It was happening throughout the world. There were so many other plants. And the plants win and they take over the entire world. Uh, It's because of those people there. So that's the story of Little Shovel Horrors. It's a great, funny comedy. Um, and comedy. <laughs> it is a comedy. Okay. There's, there's lots of jokes in it throughout the story. And I think out of like any movie I'm going to tell you about, I think you would like Little Shop of Horrors the most. Oh, the end. That wouldn't scare me. I'm not scared of plants. Yeah. Um, so let me tell you a little bit about the play. Okay. This is the second time I've, uh, played Orin the Dentist. The play went phenomenal. It, it, it was a, it was a, a nice, fun time for all. I heard. I heard. Yeah. yeah. Probably he, for me. He looked me in the eye and was like, so I didn't see you there. And I was like, did you expect me <laughs> no, 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 no. I was joking. I joked. Yeah, no. I, I know Trenton more than anyone else in my life. And I know he is not going to sit down for a play. It's true. No, Matt, listen. I could be like the main character of a Marvel movie. He's not going to see it. <laughs> if you brought the play to me and I didn't have to pay for it, I'd probably, I'd probably, I'd grace you with an, how long was it? Hmm? How long was the play? Uh, it's about an hour and 50 minutes. You're pushing it, buddy. But I, I'd probably sit. There. I'd probably give you two hours. Yeah, out, out of kind, every, of kind of against form, but I'd be willing to give you two. Like out of everything with the with the play, it went so smoothly this time. But you know, being this is the second time I've done this play as the same exact character. Yeah, it, it's fine. Um, this time I did the play. I did not have to do what I had to do last time. The first time I did the play. Uh, I had to play every other character besides Mushnick, Audrey, and Seymour. <laughs> um. Also, I didn't have to do Audrey too. Seems like a bit more of workload. Yeah, I was the dentist. I was every customer. I was a bum. I played two businessmen and a businesswoman, so I had to get in drag at the end. And I also had to play this guy who was going to be like, we're going to cut little Audrey 2s and sell them across America. Um, so I had a lot of work back then. Yeah. I could not do that any- anymore. Like, I'm at, I'm at a place where, like, I'm going to do a, a, any theater... 
I need to know I can get it done with my busy freaking schedule. Yeah. With YouTube, the podcast, just my full-time job in general, I just don't have that kind of time anymore. He really doesn't. That yeah. freaking play destroyed <laughs> destroyed us. Yeah, this whole time, like you, be, you might have been noticing that my, my, my podcast topics have been kind of worse. It's because I have no time to do anything. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, these podcasts have been terrible. <laughs> yeah. Um, have you ever thought about being in a play? No. Uh, <laughs> but uh, my sister always said I'd be a good actor. I think you would. I think you would be fun in a play. Apparently I was very theatrical as a child. Mm-hmm. So, like, as a kid, before I could speak. Yeah. Before I could speak. So when I was like... Or before I could speak coherently. So when I was like two years old. Yeah. If I saw somebody get hurt, uh, apparently, like, somebody fell down, hit their head or something. Yeah. I would literally, like, pull up a stool mm-hmm. and, like, pantomime falling off the stool. And then I would hit my head and I would grab it. Whoa. That's how I told my mom somebody to hurt themselves. Because <laughs> I couldn't speak. <laughs> but apparently I did that. I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah. Apparently I was you a pretty awesome a freaking kid. You could have been a mime. It's true. Missed opportunity. It's true. I'm still, hey, I'm pretty, I'm pretty, you know, I'm pretty. <laughs> <laughs> he's pretending to be in a box right now. Uh, uh, oh, 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 now he's pretending oh, to be oh, in a oh. barrel. <laughs> now now he's being squeezed inside the barrel. Now his guts are flying out. Uh, <laughs> Method actor! Hey, mimes don't talk. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Now put those organs back in your stomach. No one's impressed. Um, but I think I think it's a, pr- a pretty fun experience. Um, I did mess up one of my lines uh, on... I, 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 my first performance, my opening night, I had no issues. Yes. Um, second night, I missed like a part of my song. Oh. Okay, so the second night um, for Dentist... Uh, which, which, by the way, first the first night we had maybe like 80 or so people. The second night was almost a packed house. There was a lot of people there. And I think that might have done it for me. I got a little, like, a little, like, stage fright when I noticed how many people were there. Yeah. But when you're, like, doing the play, I wasn't even thinking about what I was saying. Like, the first night, I was on straight autopilot. Yeah. I just knew everything, and I didn't have to think. When I did think, I'd be like... Uh, okay, maybe gyrate your hips at this point, or, um, or I was think I was thinking that's like, all you ever think about. Or, or I was thinking like that guy in the audience, look at him, her, look at her. Yeah. But while but I was on autopilot, and when I was and I was on autopilot on night two, and then I got a freaking moment. Uh, I was like doing my whole thing. I walked into position. I revealed my dentist coat, and then I was like, holy fuck. I said the wrong line there, <laughs> and so the the so the so uh, it goes. You'll be a dentist. You'll have a talent for causing things pain. Son, be a dentist. People will pay you to be inhumane. And while it's happening, I have the urchins behind me, and the urchins are repeating um, what I say. So yeah. so after inhumane. So so it's like. You'll have a talent for causing things pain, and they go pain, and then inhumane, inhumane. So, I so I get on stage. You'll be a dentist. Uh, you will, you will, uh, you will be 
very inhumane is what I said. And I was like, that was not right. <laughs> and and I know it wasn't right because as soon as I said inhumane, they go, pain. <laughs> and I'm like, no. And I'm like, I can't stop. <laughs> it's true. Oh, I'm free. I'm freak out at that point. Yeah, I can't stop. And I oh, can't make gosh. it look like I did an accent. There's no, no. Re- there's no redo button. No. <laughs> it is one of the worst feelings. Like, oh. Like, That's why I couldn't do it. Missing a line in the play is a lot easier, but missing a lyric in a song where there's backup singers, there's a song. You because ha- the backup singers just freaking threw you under the bus. Yeah, and so, and then so. Everybody knows. It's so, like they definitely didn't forget so, their line. They have one. And in that moment, I was like, what the fuck am I going to do? What the fuck am I going to do? What the fuck Yeah, you and start so, panicking. So the next one I said, you'll be a dentist. Oh, you know that I love that pain. <laughs> So I switched it, and and your brother's just face falling. I when I oh listen, everything else after that went fine. Yeah, uh, I was able to get through the rest of the song, um, and thankfully the urchins uh, heard what I said, and they immediately just repeated pain again. Oh, nice! All three of them just worked with me on that one. That actually made it seem a lot more natural. Yeah, so it, they just repeated good, good. repeated pain twice. Great work on their part. Yeah. Uh, to cover up my mess up. Yeah. Um, and then everything else went fine, but the whole time, I like after that moment, I was like, I freaking suck. I freaking suck. I freaking suck. Yeah. And, I, and like I was like doing, and then I, and like I don't get off that stage for a while. I have a huge long talking scene oh, right after that, and like the whole time you're tilting, man. You're tilting. You need <laughs> you need a break. The whole time I was just like. Like, I was saying my lines like this big avocado here could be your ticket to the stars, uh, and I'm, I'm just thinking like I need to get off the stage right now and complain about myself. I need to. Uh. Yeah. Uh, and eventually, when I got off, I I pull Audrey with me because I'm like I'm gonna beat her up off stage or something. And as soon as I get off, it's like I messed up, dentist, and she like rubbed my shoulder like no, 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 it's okay, it's okay, buddy, it's fine. And you're like, I'm sorry, I gotta make this look realistic. <laughs> ah, ah. I need to work extra hard and beat I'm sorry. you. Sorry, <laughs> the sweat has to look like it's from exertion. <laughs> ah, these tears. Um, it must be anger. I'm sorry. Uh, and then the rest of the night went fine. Yeah. Uh, the second night, I missed one line, um, which was it was very minor, so people didn't notice. Um, but it was like, uh, the, the, the line was this, I'm telling you kid, take the, get out of this dome and take the plant with you. This thing's a big green gold mine. Uh, that's what I said. I'm supposed to say this thing's a big green gold mine. Get out of this dump and take the plant with you. Instead, I, I said, get out of this dump and take, take the, the plant, plant with, with you. you. It's a big yeah. green gold. I actually think your version's better. Yeah. I think it flows better. Um, so that was the only thing I missed from that one. And. But that that second dentist, I made sure I hammed it up because I wanted to, like, I went through that dentist song like eight times because I was like, I'm not doing that again. Yeah. So I went through it, and when I went through that second one, I gyrated my hips, I put my hand on my crotch, and I did, I did, I I went ham on it. The little helicopter wiener thing. I took off my pants, started spinning around. And I kept yeah. saying, "I'm a helicopter." Yeah. Uh, no, it didn't. <laughs> I'm a helicopter. Wait, that's wrong. <laughs> that's not that's the, the wrong one. It's wrong. 
That must be my brother would kill me. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder why. Um, uh, but uh, other than that, no, no real issue. No real issue. Nah, freaking being on a stage like that. I, like I would do a play yeah. if it was just me and my buddies. Ooh, if ooh. it was just me and my buddies, I would do it. I mean, I, got, I play like, freaking. I play role playing games. I got like a minute left. I got something from the play. He's got something from the play. He's going to get it. Pebbles, our our beautiful cat, sitting on the TV, is looking around alarmedly. Because his so father is just running out. I got this prop from from uh, the show. Um, Whoa! Yeah, this was on my dentist office. Orange Scrivolo. Yeah. D D S. Read the bottom. For completing the course and being a sadistic woman-beating scumbag. <laughs> President Juanita Cookie. I get it. <laughs> Sassy Bernard and Juanita Cookie. <laughs> um, but yeah, this was my uh, dentist uh, thing, and on the back. <laughs> Ugh, what the freak is There's that? There's some mangled teeth. There, that's in the script that I'm supposed to show Seymour some mangled teeth to convince him to stay. Like, look, Seymour, this could happen to you. And I flip the dentist sign to the, the sign of uh, these mangled, disgusting, rotted that's teeth. That's freaking disgusting. Hey, it's signed by the, the entire cast and crew. I don't like looking at it. <laughs> Can't you just get rid of the picture and leave the signatures? What for? Uh. Dulls the senses. <laughs> You're right. If, if you don't have any uncom- you know, uncomfortable things in your house, you'll never know how good you got it. Exactly. But I think it looks it looks nice. Uh, now I have a, 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 an official certificate saying I beat women up. So. It does look nice. <laughs> Finally some proof. <laughs> I gotcha. Every single time I was like, arrest me, cop, arrest me. Where's the proof? Where's the proof? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now with that, my uh, discussion of Little Shop of Horrors is over. And three, two, one. There it goes. It's it's a new phone. I need to get more. Beginning the double feature. All right. So uh, now moving on to um, uh, my second topic. Boom. Yeah. yeah. What does it say? What does it last say? Last words. We're talking about last words for the for the next portion here. I like it. Okay, so last words. The the thing the last things you say before you die. Hmm. Uh, I have a whole list of many different last words here. Um so let's go through it. These you want are... me to nail you with one? Hmm? Want me to nail you with one? Yeah, sure. How about this for tomorrow's headline, boys? French fries. <laughs> yeah, you know that one? You know that yeah. one? I have that one written down. Okay. So, I wrote down where these came from. Um, this one's from police1.com. Okay. okay. They record that on there, huh? Uh, 15 infamous last words from crim- criminals on death row. Here are some of the strangest last words before their execution. This mm. was made in August 7th of 2014. Okay. Number one was uh, Jimmy Glass. Okay. Uh, he died in 1987. Uh, he was from Louisiana. Uh, on Christmas of 1982, uh, 20-year-old Jimmy Glass and inmate Jimmy Wingo escaped from jail and shot an elderly couple to death while burglaring their home. Oh. Both blamed each other for the crime and both ended up on the electric chair. Jimmy Glass's last words were, I'd rather be fishing. 
that's that's fair. <laughs> I mean, Jeffrey you know. David Matthews uh, died in Oklahoma in uh, 2011. Okay, uh, his uh, execution postponed three times, twice by the governor of Oklahoma to further investigate his claims of innocence, and once due to the controversy surrounding the drugs they were going to administer him. Mm. Matthews was indicated, uh, sorry, indicted for the 1994... Indicted. Indicted. Yes. Um, for the 1994 murder of his great-uncle Otis, Earl Short, after oh. he and an accomplice robbed his home. Matthews shot Short in the back of the head... And oh my his, gosh. And slit his wife's throat. Holy crap. But she managed to survive. They didn't go deep enough, cowards. Yeah. Freaking um, amateurs. His last words were, I think that governor's phone is broke. He hasn't called yet. <laughs> <laughs> That's good last words. Well, this one's a big one. Barbara Graham in 1955 in California. Our first woman. After a rough childhood and a string of failed marriages... Barbara Graham went into prostitution before being married again to a bartender and a drug addict. Oof. She soon, At the same time? Uh, oh, the bartender. Was, okay. Um, he's a multifaceted man. <laughs> Jack of all trades, that one. Um, <laughs> yeah. She soon left him for a business uh, associate of his named Emmett Perkins, uh, who ran an illegal gambling operation. The couple, as well as other accomplices decided to rob a widow who was rumored to have a large stash of cash in her home. Graham tricked her into letting them into her home by asking to use the phone. Mm. To stop the elderly lady's shrieks, she bludgeoned her with her pistol and, as a result, killed her. Mm. The crew ended up overlooking the money. Didn't, didn't even shoot her? Just beat the crap out of her with a butt? You know, you know, there's a better way to use that gun. <laughs> I don't think she's been trained. I don't think she knows how to use the gun. Quick! Use the gun! <laughs> oh, <that's> just... <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, like freaking, it's like bringing a hammer to kill somebody and kicking them to death. <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> what the frick are you doing? The crew ended up overlooking the money and jewelry and was caught a couple months later after somebody squealed. Bloody Babs, as the media called her, was sentenced to the gas chamber. Whoa. And the last words of uh, Barbara Graham was, Good people are always so sure they're right. How do you feel about that? That's kind of cryptic. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Ooh. That kind of thing happens. We actually, uh, my mother and sister went to... We've been getting goat milk from this local farm. Yeah, goat milk is freaking good, guys. Yeah. Like, don't I, I ain't even capping here. And good people always assume they're right. I know. <laughs> now, goat milk is great. But we've been getting goat milk from a local farm, and it's, a, it's a, this elderly couple. I think they're in their late sixties or something like that. Yeah, and they just live on the farm by themselves. Well, there was this time where this like big burly dude. And supposedly his wife, mm. they both looked a little off, according to the farmer. He was telling this story to my mom and sister. And uh, the man was just like, hey, hey, my uh, girlfriend or wife needs to use your bathroom. Mm -hmm. Like, she needs to use your bathroom right now. And the farmer was just like, he's like, something was off about these two. So I was like, no, sorry, guys. There's a, there's a store up the ways you can go to. He's like, no, she needs to use the bathroom right now. He's yeah. like, I'm not going to do that. And this dude started getting, like, really belligerent, like, aggressive. And he yeah. was like, he, and he started, like, cursing him out, like, I'm going to come over there, I'm going to beat the crap out of you. And he's, like, getting ready to climb over the fence. Luckily, the farmer had a big dog. Yeah. And this dog comes running up, barking at the dude, like, jump over that fence, I'm going to freaking rip your throat out. Yeah. Kind of dog. Awesome dog. 
And uh, ever since that day, that farmer carries a gun. Good. <laughs> yeah, he was Good. like, that scared the crap out of him. Because if that guy had jumped over, he would have easily killed him and his wife. Mm-hmm. If he had the mind to. Like, yeah. you know, they're just, they can't protect themselves. They're freaking, they're old. Because it was like their personal house he was asking you to do this, right? This is on their property, yeah. He was at yeah. the property line getting ready to jump over their fence. Yeah. And, yeah, so... So he was like, good. Yeah, he always carries his, uh, I think it's a revolver, on yeah. him at all times now. Anytime he's out in his yard. I mean, the older That's you get, fair. Uh, the older you get, as long as you're like of stable mind, it's not a bad idea. Because if you're legally able to own a gun, that's that's good stuff for home defense. Like most people, like in this thing, it was people dying because yeah, they were an older person. Exactly, that's your God-given right, Dag. Darn it! All right, protection so of your own life. Next one is uh, George Apple, nineteen twenty-eight. What a nice sounding chap. I'm George Apple. <laughs> Uh, he died in uh, New York while getting stabbed. Uh, uh sorry, strapped. <laughs> while, while the prison guard was stabbing him relentlessly to take him out. Wow, the death sentence is hardcore in New York. <laughs> the death sentence in New York City is there is one knife and there's one police man. And one, <laughs> it's a fight to the death. If you kill the policeman, you get out. The only thing is, how many people you killed is how many seconds you have to stay still for. How big of a lead you gotta give them. <laughs> that would be. gladiatorial death sport in the middle of New York. Wow, that would be awesome to see. You know Dude. what? I would be. You know what? If it was like that, I'd be for the death penalty because they should sell that on pay per view. I'm telling you. <laughs> hey, yeah, Tele- televise that. You make a lot of money on that. Like the person, the executioner would be ripped. He'd oh be yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, like one of those bull nose rings. <laughs> He's literally a minotaur. Looks like a Punch Out character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, getting strapped to the electric chair. George Apple suddenly found the situation humorous and delivered these infamous last words. These words quickly spread through the public and became more remembered than his actual crime. He was convinced of first-degree murder for killing a police officer, although little is known if that murder even happened or not. Uh, um, But he said, well, gentlemen, guess what? You're about to see a baked apple. We have fun here. See, that, <laughs> we have fun here. Yeah, Apple didn't. Yeah, but, you know what's uh, funny? <laughs> no, I like that. Like, if you're going to die anyway, yeah, make it memorable. Well, you know what's That's funny? What I would do. I'd, I'd spend all freaking day thinking about my last words. Imagine imagine uh, laughing while pulling the trigger killing somebody. <laughs> it's like... Oh, that's funny. <laughs> and the, the other guy laughs. <laughs> and, and everyone in the whole boardroom's laughing like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's just a burnt husk and like, yeah, yeah, man. Baked apple. <laughs> uh, uh, all right. Uh, where's the child molester? Bring him in. <laughs> and, and can't wait to see what he's got to say. And, 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 and you're gonna say, you listen. The guy, George Apple. Guess what he said? Baked apple. The other guy starts laughing and they start pulling. <laughs> <laughs> like we're on a roll, guys. Come on, I'm in a good mood. <laughs> Bring him in. What after well. the other? <laughs> All right, mm. James Lewis Jackson in twenty. 20- Uh, 2007. 2007. 2007. This was in Texas. Ooh, this guy's screwed. All right. 
1995, James Lewis Jackson married Sharon Jackson and became the father of two stepdaughters. Due to heavy drug use, uh, he had trouble keeping a job. Mm. After struggling with the marriage and his wife threatening divorce, he ended up strangling her and his two daughters. Okay. Yikes. His last words were, Warden, murder me. Uh, he then referred to Harris County, where he was convicted as uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, and the biblical cities destroyed by God for their sins. Then he said, okay, I'm ready to roll. Time to get this party started. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's interesting. Kind of a mouthful there. You know what would be funny? I would just start pulling that trigger halfway. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Any last words? Um, yes. <laughs> Golly. As, uh, sorry, last words. Keep them quick. We got a big... Uh, <laughs> right. There's a line. People are getting restless out there. They really want to die. So. Yeah, for real. I'm just saying, ladies, gentlemen, you got to be careful about who you marry. <laughs> because, listen, I think I think people are too willing to settle. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, don't settle. Okay? <laughs> it's like, it's better to be single than to settle. Okay? Because then you get strangled and so do your daughters. Yeah. I'm just saying. Like, like the way we, we say it in our family, you make a list. Mm-hmm. You make a list, and any prospective, like, boyfriend or girlfriend that you are vetting, yeah, they got to meet these criteria. Have these criteria that they must meet. Have these criteria that is preferable. Yeah. If they don't meet these bottom criteria, that's okay. But if they don't meet any of those top ones, let them go. Let them go. You've got to let them go. Not useful. It's not worth it. It's like, you got to think about these things. It's important. That's the rest of your life you're thinking about. Yeah. It's like, you got to be careful with that stuff. People are too willing to settle. Value yourself more, people. And, you know, you know, just leave. Just leave. Yeah. There's nothing, there's Listen, nothing if wrong you think If you think your partner is going to strangle you and your daughters, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't yeah. even say I'm getting a divorce. I would no. just leave. Yeah. Just get out. Yeah. And I would go somewhere where you could not find us. Um not saying we uh, are victim blaming here. I mean, right. I mean, yeah, listen, everybody makes mistakes too. Obviously, <laughs> <laughs> no, shut up, let me finish. I was saying everybody makes mistakes, so maybe you thought you vetted them properly and they yeah. met all these criteria, but then they were hiding something like that, like yeah. this heavy drug abuse and what have you. And yeah, it's at that point it's like you made a mistake, but uh, you know, one time I stepped on my shoelaces because oh, yeah. I forgot to tie my shoe. I tripped one time. <laughs> <laughs> One time. Some mistakes are bigger than others. Uh, did I tell you about the time I was putting? Uh, I was trying to put creamer in my coffee. No, I was pouring myself almond milk. That's what I was doing. Yeah, I was drinking some vanilla almond milk. I was just like, "Oh, that's good stuff." Take it out of the fridge and I go, "Gulp, gulp." Yeah, get two big gulps down. Like, <laughs> oh, it was sour. No, it was uh, vanilla coffee creamer. <laughs> I was like, "Holy crap! This stuff is strong." <laughs> Should have took less than that. <laughs> Dude, I had a freaking stomach ache for the next hour. Like, that stuff sat in my stomach like a freaking boot. One time I put salt in my coffee instead of sugar. That was a fun time. That was a fun time. Uh, This woman got strangled to death. Anyway. Gosh. Hey, it's Halloween. This is why I prefer Christmas, okay? You're sick. (laughs) You're sick. He's sick. By the way, before we continue, what would you want your last words to be? Baked apple. <laughs> no. Just no non sequitur. Uh, what are you talking about? Everyone, everyone in that you know when they're about to euthanize you, they're gonna be like, we don't do the electric chair anymore. So us. I don't know. I, obviously, I haven't thought about it. Hey, headline: euthanized apple. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously, I haven't thought about it. Believe it or not, I don't plan on uh, getting the death penalty. Well, like, soon. well, last words are not just if you have the death penalty. Last words are. I am not going to die in a way I can have last words. I uh, promise you. Oh, come on, come on. No way. You can plan it. <laughs> 
you're like, I want to go at 50. So you have hey. you have your uh, son with a loaded gun. And <laughs> at 50? Come on, you 10-year-old. Shoot your father! Gary! I planned this. Um, Everything has to be perfect. Yeah, no, no, no. Oh, hey. How do you organize a space party? Orbit? I don't know. <laughs> you plan it. <laughs> yeah. Bam! <laughs> That's your last words. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I think I would like to. I would like to go out in a memorable way. I just mm-hmm. think it doesn't happen often, guys. Like it, getting to just like go out slowly in a hospital bed or something like that. Yeah, it's pretty rare. I guarantee I'm going to go out. I'm either going to get shot, stabbed, or be in a car crash. Yeah, and none of them are going to be my fault. No matter what, I'll probably be crying like a sniveling baby, saying, I don't want to die, I don't want to die, Lord God, please forgive me. Uh, I, I, would, I, would be, I would be embarrassing in most situations. Yeah, I'm set, baby. And, I'm but, ready. But when I, I don't know if you have that feeling, like death is coming. I don't know if you have that. Mm. If you do have that, and you can plan exactly what time you need to go... Well, you know, me and uh, me and my uh, my buddy have a theory, yeah, that you can kind of control when you die. Because think about it this way: you get people that'll just get shot one time and they'll just bleed out and die, and then you get other people that will get shot twenty five freaking times. Like this literally happened. I think yeah. it was a father. Yeah. He got shot. His whole family got shot up like by their youngest daughter or something like that. Yeah. Killed everybody, but the father had been shot like 15 times. He crawled out of the house, crawled a mile to the hospital, mm-hmm. and and got the cops involved. He yeah. crawled, just full of bullets, all the yeah. way to the freaking hospital. That takes immense... I don't think it was like, oh, they didn't hit anywhere you know, vital. Mm-hmm. I don't care if it didn't hit anywhere vital. You get shot 15 freaking times, you're going to bleed out. Yeah. Like, so the fact that he survived, I think mm-hmm. it's force of will. If you if you say I'm not dying yet, you won't die yet. I, I, this is what I kind of imagine it being. What? I'm just saying that kind of implies that everyone who's ever died was a pussy. Yeah, dude, there was a there was a freak. I'm serious. There was a lady that died of hypothermia uh, in a uh, fridge. It was like 60 degrees in there. She was fully clothed and she was only in there for a little while. <laughs> I'm saying, like, people, you guys, there you go. There you go. You got, uh, I tell, if you think you're going to die, you will die. I promise you. Oh, uh, like, I do believe that. Because your mind yeah, is powerful. With my, like, panic disorder and stuff, I have that those moments where I feel like I'm going to die all the time. Mm-hmm. Until I just tell myself I'm not going to die, and then I don't. Right. So, <laughs> Golly, I'm good. <laughs> I can't wait till when I get actual cancer and I really try this out. Well, I imagine, I imagine dying to be, like, uh, falling asleep. Yeah. In, in that, like, when you're falling asleep, you know, you're trying to stay awake, and you're like, your eyes are drooping. Yeah. But you keep, like, waking yourself up. I think as long as you can stay awake, yeah. you'll survive. Mm-hmm. For the most part. Not always, but yeah. I think... Some people die with their eyes open, actually. That's true. That's yeah. true. Um, I think that's more, like, fast deaths, though. Yeah. yeah. I want my last words to be cryptic. If I had that... If I was that... <laughs> you're gonna send them on, like... <laughs> Oh, oh, I know what I want my last words to be. Yeah. The One Piece is real. <laughs> oh, how about like, by the way, the treasure is buried. <laughs> and then I just die. See, that's good. <laughs> you go out trolling your family. That's great. That sounds like me. Yeah, um, that'd be great. I'd laugh. I would say, like, comment, subscribe. As I, as, 
as I saw your spirit leave your body, I'd laugh. <laughs> you, you make me laugh at least. Yeah, uh, yeah it's funny. Euthanize apple, and I'm like, what that mean? What that? What that mean? It was Everybody's a like, st- yeah, and I'm it- like. Ah! <laughs> So I'm, I'm knee slapping in the back, start punching me. What? Start <laughs> punching me, strangling, throw me around like a rag doll on Happy Wheels. <laughs> start calling the cops, you start just biting the heads off the cops. No, guys, it's an inside joke. <laughs> it's just a prank. He wants this. <laughs> I told him this 70 years ago. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um. Yeah. Anyway, continuing on. Uh, Robert Charles Towery. Uh, he died in 2012 in Arizona. Robert Charles Towery was executed through lethal injection, uh, which is uh, ironic considering he was charged for injecting battery acid into his victim before strangling him to death in uh, 1991. Holy <laughs> what? Three? 1991 robbery. Dude, what? <laughs> the victim... Just was... strangle him. Why, what, why do you... What? The victim was a philanthropist who loaned money to Towery on several occasions and used him as his mechanic. During Towery's last moments, he apologized to the victim's family and cursed his bad mistakes. The, fo- uh, the potato reference was a secret message to his nephew. It is a sound that a Harley-Davidson motorcycle makes while the engine is idle and, and was a way for saying everything was okay. Um, what was his last words? His last words were, was, I love my family. Potato, 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 potato. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> Interesting. Now, I can continue with this list, but I also have some other famous I, I gotta, last words. I gotta say, yeah. you need to mess up pretty bad to stri- freaking inject a dude with battery acid and strangle him when he's done nothing but give you money. <laughs> like, what? What, did he make you angry because he gave you too much? He's the most forgiving sound. Like, he's like, I'm so sorry. I, I regret all my actions. But like that's not like a like a I wasn't thinking and I punched him too hard. It was I had to go to my car, get the syringe of battery acid. <laughs> what yeah, what the freak is wrong with this guy? Sorry, I wasn't thinking at the time. I, I, I need to do better. You can't say this was a crime of passion when you go have to go do like a thirty minute process to get the battery acid out of your freaking How do you get like how do you inject anything into anything? Like like like, like you need a syringe. You need like a at least yeah. a turkey baster. Like you you can't you can't <laughs> shove it down their throat with them. You can't like easily inject anything without no. without like planning it before exactly yeah this isn't this isn't exactly like whoops this freak <laughs> is asking where his money is after he already gave me so much money and being so patient with all yeah. my late fees i'm going to you know what i'm going to do <laughs> i'm so angry right this instant i'll be back you stay there you know what i know some people who might think this but wouldn't do it. Wouldn't do it. Right. But, like, even, like, they're so angry. They're like, I'm so angry. I can get, like, a chainsaw and, I'm, like, slash the foot and uh, throw them in a big old pot of <laughs> boiled water. And throw them in water. <laughs> Is this like, dark SpongeBob? <laughs> <laughs> we slash his foot. His one foot. <laughs> this is one one foot, yeah, it says it's an A bag. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, um, okay. So, uh, <coughs> okay. Let's see here. Uh, Aline Warinos in uh, 2002, Florida. Eileen. Eileen 
Wilro. I can't, I can't say that last name. Let me see that. That one right there. Warnos? Warnos? I think so. With a father who That's was... Like, uh, Swedish. With a father who was a child molester and hung himself in jail, Oof. and a mother who abandoned her to, uh, to, uh, to the care of her grandparents, Eileen's childhood was a troubling one. Yeah, she was screwed from the get-go. Yeah. By the age of 12, she was involved in drugs and sex. Later on, she became a prostitute. She started her killing spree in 1989, murdering seven men. She claimed she killed them out of self-defense, but in the end, she was still sentenced to death by legal le- uh, uh, lethal injection, which is also legal injection. Um, yeah, uh, in, some, in some states. The movie Monster was inspired by her life. Wow. Her last words were, Yes, I would like to say I'm sailing with the rock, and I'll be back. Like Independence Day with Jesus. June 6th, like the movie. Big mothership and all. I'll be back, I'll be back. <laughs> was she on drugs in prison? That would be impressive if she got him. <laughs> yeah. She I'm took sa- out seven full-grown men. I'm sailing with the rock. Mothership and all. June 6th. I'll be back. I'll be back. Like Independence Day with Jesus. <laughs> it's the sequel. Okay, that's pretty funny. <laughs> what a weird lass. Uh, let's see. Uh, How old was she when she died? Oh. Uh, uh, what does it say? When we, you don't have like birth dates? And no, stuff? no birthdays. Oh. Um, uh, this last word's for, from a Johnny Frank Garrett. Um... <laughs> Uh, inducted, Don't read too deep in this. Inducted for the rape and murder of a nun. <laughs> Dang, son. Garrett. If, if, if rape and murder wasn't bad enough. Yeah. Specifically to a nun. Find your nearest innocent nun. <laughs> like, this guy was playing, like, Grand Theft Auto in real life. Yeah, golly. Um, uh, Johnny Frank Garrett's execution was a controversial one due to the fact that he was mentally handicapped and only 17 when he was sentenced. He had a horrific childhood, and a mental health expert once described him as having one of the most uh, vir- virul- that one. Oh, virulent virulent histories of abuse and neglect he had encountered in his entire 28 years of practice. Yikes. There was a lot of speculation that he was actually innocent, since the crime was similar to other incidents that lead back to um, a detained Cuban refugee. Mm. So there's it's on the fence. But what he said uh, was like, I like to thank my family for loving me and taking care of me, uh, and the rest of the world can kick my uh, can kiss my ass. <laughs> Dang, that that's powerful. That is powerful. I like to thank my family for loving me and taking care of me, and the rest of the world can kiss my ass. <laughs> that's that's powerful. Yeah. All right, so we, we're gonna. Uh, that's sad. We're gonna speed run this. Um, so uh, this I, one I, is. I mean, when people talk about like the death, how much time you got left? When people talk about, like, the death sentence, you know? Five minutes. It's like people talk about eh, a lot of innocent people could be killed, you know, mm-hmm. during the death sentence. But the way I see it, like, if someone's in prison for 30, 40 freaking years until they die, that's actually more inhumane than just ending them quickly, I would think. And it also just wastes so much taxpayer dollars <clears throat> keeping these people just in suffering in these prisons, you know what I mean? And it's like... I I am I am an idealist. I don't want to like kill innocent people like ever for mm-hmm. anything if yeah. I can help it. But at the same time, I know, like with my personal actions, I can be mm-hmm. an idealist. But when it comes to something like a government and something, yeah, it's just unrealistic to be idealistic when it comes to something that big, something well, that widespread because it's impossible. I'm not a religious man, but also imagine your job being 
to kill somebody. That is your job. Yeah. Your job is to inject the, the the guys. Your job is to fry the guys. Like, like, yeah. I would have like a crazed amount of introspection, being like, "How am I different? Yeah. How am I different? Like, I'm, like, I am hurting people. I, I I am the one who is killing people. Yeah. If you were going to put themselves in the same market, there could be like one person out there that's killed hundreds of people before because that was his job is to kill somebody. Yeah. Um, I mean, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> I mean, easy for me to say. I said, kill them all. <laughs> well, see, it comes down to that, right? <laughs> it's like some people are willing to be executioners. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to. Do you think you would be very jovial if you were an executioner? Uh, I'd probably pray for him before I killed him. Uh, I have a joke book in my back pocket. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be that douchebag. <laughs> You'd be like, hey, 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 get this, get yeah. this. Baked apple. <laughs> <laughs> You're like they didn't laugh, but I did. <laughs> uh, no, I would. I would be a very merciful uh, executioner. Yeah. I would make them want to die by uh, playing on this podcast. Oh, there you go. <laughs> uh, like, don't worry, man. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna let you out easy. I'm gonna play my podcast for a little bit. I'll actually, uh, you know, give you a couple extra hours. So, and at the end, they're like, "Just kill me. Just kill me." <laughs> You're a hero. Thank you. <laughs> You're amazing. So this next one is from uh, the Thought Catalog. This is 40 Funny Last Words that have the epitome of Gallo's humor. By, <laughs> <of> me. <laughs> by <laughs> Epitome. <laughs> well, Tome has a... Uh, epitome. That's the epitome of Gallo's humor. Uh, this one's Do you by, say hyperbole? <laughs> the, the epitome of This one's of by uh, Maria Monrova. Mm. Mm, what a name. Uh, okay, so this is just a whole bunch uh, of... Uh, Really fast-paced last words. I was here. Okay. Um, good. A woman who can fart is not dead by uh, Louis Marie, uh, some French person. Uh, and this, she did it after she farted. Uh, <laughs> wow. What a powerful woman. Uh, Richard Fernman uh, was a physicist and an author. And um, he said, uh, I'd hate to die twice. It's so boring. That not, yeah. That's, that's nice. Yeah. These aren't necessarily criminals. No. Yeah. Uh, Thomas J. Uh, Grasso was convicted of murder. Uh, he ate his last meal, and it was not good. He ordered spaghetti and meatballs. No, no. He ordered SpaghettiOs, is what he ordered. And he said, for the record show, I want the record to show I did not get my SpaghettiOs. I got, got spaghetti. spaghetti. I don't want... I, I, want, I, the I want the press to know this. <laughs> I want the press to know this. <laughs> I've heard that. Um, Donald O'Connor was an actor. And he said, I'd like to thank the Academy for the Lifetime Achievement Award I will eventually get. That's, that's sweet. I hope he got it. No, that's that's manipulative. He's a <laughs> genius. He's like, I'm freaking dead. If you don't give me one now, you're jerks. <laughs> what a king. Eugene O'Neill was a playwright as he died in a hotel. He said, I knew it. I knew it. Born in a hotel room and, God damn it, dying in a hotel room. <laughs> That guy's funny. <laughs> uh, 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 Jack Sue was an actor uh, while being wheeled into the operation room for cancer of the esophagus. He said, it must have been the coffee. <laughs> uh, Charles Gusman was a TV announcer, and his last mm-hmm. words were, and now for a final word from our sponsor. Actually? That's what it says. Oh, wow. Uh, that could just be folklore, but I hope it's not. 
Yeah. Uh, imagine if his last words were okay. Imagine being the the daughter of uh, Charles Gusman, and he said that, and his last word was like, "Oh God." <laughs> You just like, I know what really happened. <laughs> you, you just crossed that part out. <laughs> yeah. No, no, that last one was a lot more poetic. <laughs> Momo, don't scratch the diploma. Alright. Uh, Chico Marks said, Remember, honey, uh, don't forget what I told you. Don't do it. Don't do it. You can't do it. Do it. Do it. There's no rules on this. We make the rules. She said, remember, honey, don't forget what I told you. Put in my coffin a deck of cards, uh, a, a match niblick, a niblick, and a pretty blonde. What? Anyway. Uh, I mean, that's... One more. One more? One more? One more. One more? One more. <laughs> uh, Joan Crawford was an actress uh, when she was on her deathbed. There was a housekeeper who was praying over her, and she jumped out of the bed and said, Damn it, don't you dare ask God to help me. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. All right, my bad. Woo! That's power. That's power. Golly, that's a, that's a... Buddy Rich was a drummer. When asked if there's anything you can't take with you um, by a nurse before going into surgery, he said, yeah, country music. Hey, no more. No more. Okay. Going too far over. Okay. Listen, we gotta break the rules slowly over time so the listeners can get used to it. We don't wanna just go renegade, you know, in one episode. That's right, that's right. Woo! Woo! He ripped it up. So how'd you like the show? I still haven't found <laughs> What just happened? Sorry, these screens aren't really working. <laughs> Sorry, you've only been here for ten minutes. <laughs> what? Yeah. What? I still haven't found my sister. Where's my sister? Where's my sister? Oh, she? <laughs> <laughs> I adopted her. <laughs> you freak. Listen to me. No, we, uh, if you want to find your sister, she's actually in that uh, door over there. Listen, I don't know where it came from, but I'm not a sniveling coward anymore. I have newfound confidence, and I will choke you. No, no, no. She's in that door. She's in that door right over if there. If I don't find her behind that door, I'm going to come back, and I'm going to beat you with that door, okay? Yeah. Trenton opens the door. He walks in. The door, it's very dark in there. The door closes behind him. Inside, he finds a light flick on. Oh, gosh. In the inside, he can see his little sister on an electric chair. No! She says, how's this for a headline? <laughs> French fries! <laughs> she always was a funny little goof. Anyway... <laughs> Thank anyway, you for my... listening to uh, I'll Give You an Hour. <laughs> my name is the Apprentice of Horror. <laughs> if you need me, I'll be killing more children. <laughs> French fries. <laughs> French fries. <laughs> Always love that kid. <laughs> Too bad she's dead. Um, if you need to get a hold of uh, this little kid right here. I'll be at the funeral house. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> That hurt. 
Either way, uh, you can always uh, get in touch with us at a Gyalpod on Twitter. Or I'll give you an hour at gmail.com. That's right, that's right. I get the freak out of my theater. Show's over. <laughs> Show's over, kids. <laughs>